Now, a global study has revealed that Ireland is one of the countries with the lowest mental health rate in the world. The third annual Mental State of the World report has highlighted that we, along with Australia, Brazil, South Africa and Britain, have the lowest mental health scores in the world. Uh, The report drew upon feedback from more than 400,000 respondents across 64 countries last year in order to encapsulate the mental well-being of the included countries. Now, the report also explored global trends in relation to family relationships and friendships and their impact on mental well-being, particularly on young people. Earlier I spoke with Grace Harrison. Grace is a psychotherapist and counsellor in Ennis and other locations and I began by asking Grace whether she was surprised to hear about Ireland's poor showing in the study. To an extent yes because I think you know it would be easy for us to think that as a developed country Irish people would have a good quality of life and this would be reflected in the mental health, our mental health um, compared especially to the average mental health quotient score in that report in Ireland was reported as 56. And the highest mental health quotient score was in Tanzania at 93.6. So that's very telling, you know, that I suppose developing versus developed countries, you know, in terms of our mental health, that isn't really an indicator. And I guess the report goes into that in more detail. But in another way, I'm not surprised because it is only in recent times that a conversation about mental health is happening in Ireland. And this is reflective in our lack of mental health services available that they just haven't been, mental health just hasn't been a priority. The study also found that young adults aged between 18 to 24 uh, across all regions are five times more likely to have mental health setbacks than those in previous generations. In terms of those you deal with, Grace, would you is that reflected in, in your experience? And why is that? Yes, um, absolutely. There has been an increasingly higher demand for psychotherapy from young people, particularly since the pandemic. So, I mean, even in my private practice, I would estimate that about 75 to 80% of inquiries that I receive are from young people under the age of 30, with the remaining, say, 20 to 25% being a mixture of couples and adults over 30. Um, And even annual reports from the majority of third-level institutions across the country, uh, particularly between 2020 to 2022, report increases in demand for student counselling from students also, and the majority of this population are aged between 18 to 24. So we are seeing these mental health setbacks in all types of services and contexts. Why is that? Well, I think that one of the most interesting findings in that uh, survey, the mental state of the world, is that of the six dimensions of mental function that the survey studied, the dimension of the social self was found to be the most diminished in young people compared to older generations across the world. Um, And I know that the report describes the social self as the way we see ourselves and our ability to form and maintain meaningful relationships with others, which is a really important task of adolescent development. And I suppose today, you know, years ago, we looked at adolescence as from the age of 11 to 19. Well, now adolescence is seen to be up to the age of 24 and sometimes even 30 because of different changes in society, really. Um, So I suppose... The high, highlighting this in the report that young people do not have a strong social self and that they don't have confidence in their social identity and ability to form meaningful relationships. This is really interesting to me because I guess if adolescents are not getting a chance to develop their social self, their identity, um, and they're not able to have, form meaningful relationships, well, that makes that a sense that their mental health is challenged because it's one of the biggest protective factors is our social connectedness. And when we don't have as much of that or maybe the, the ability or the confidence to develop that, 
then we are going to have a greater vulnerability to mental health difficulties. Younger adults are three times more likely to not get along with family members as opposed to older generations. The report highlighting increasingly higher rates of conflict, lack of love and emotional warmth and instability throughout childhood. And it also mentions parenting trends such as a a newfound focus on material items rather than warmth and love in the home. And also the introduction of the internet as, as reasons for this sharp decline in, in mental health patterns. Again, are, 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 is this something you're seeing on the ground? And how do we arrest all of these, uh, these issues that are, that are causing all of this? Yeah, I mean, I was quite sad to hear this finding, to be honest, because the support of our family system is crucial. And I think it's one of the most influential factors in adolescent development. Um, yes, it is something that I am seeing, yes. Um, not all the time, but definitely more so. Um, I know that the report talks about it being a, a cultural shift towards materialism and this performance orientation in our society that has shaped parenting trends, you know. So, like, I guess what that looks like for me, say, in terms of the clients that I see, it, it means that sometimes um, the parents of adolescents that I'm working with are over-focused on academic grades or the careers of their children and sometimes decline in academic grades or these career struggles are more so a focus when, when actually there's a complex story beneath this generally and that's usually an emotion or relational upset in the adolescent's life. So this can get missed by parents sometimes and I think this is one of the reasons why conflicts arise um, because there's just that misunderstanding where young people don't feel like they're being met uh, by their parents. And also, I think that this cultural shift has meant that parents are also under increased pressure to perform as well. So this can lead to them being maybe more stressed, less available, be that physically, emotionally or mentally due to pressures. Um, and finally, what you said about the Internet. Yeah, I mean, it's without a doubt that the rise of the Internet has affected everyone, including parents. Um, And so with greater rates of remote working, for example, parents can also be on their phones or their laptops a lot more and that's compromising social connection with their children. So I think all of this comes back to increasing social connectedness. But when you ask how can this be arrested, well, I mean, the report asks us all to reflect on our role in the growing social disintegration. It asks the question, what have we valued and why? And how can we focus our attention on, I suppose, away from the internet, mindless scrolling or material success success, and look more at nurturing our relationships? So I think that's, that's really what needs to be happening. And what that could look like is in families having more rituals of connection, um, non-negotiables of certain things that quality time in the family that happens a certain number of times a week. Um, parents and children it needs to be modelled I suppose in the parents and there needs to be boundaries so and the last thing I might say that is that you know I think it's very easy to get addicted to technology and so if we're addicted to something and we're not then using it we feel this sense of withdrawal so there can be a real negativity around oh I don't get to be on my phone or my laptop or whatever it is so we also need to change our attitude around that and if we can look at it as well, this report is highlighting to us all of the fallouts of this rise in the internet. So we want to move away from that so we can connect more physically in-person environments, socially connecting, because that's where we actually feel that kind of 
oxytocin, heart-to-heart connection. And that is what buffers us around our mental health, not this altered mode of interaction through the internet. And that was Grace Harrison, the psychotherapist and counsellor in Ennis and other locations who I spoke to earlier. And for more on this, we are joined in studio uh, by Margaret McMahon from Samaritans in Ennis. Margaret, good morning to you. Good morning. Thank you for having us. Um, Your own take uh, through your services on what you were reading in this study, it's, you know, and Grace mentioned the word sad. I found it, overall, I found it sad that younger adults not getting on with family members are more likely not to get on as with younger previous generations. Uh, And something I didn't touch on there with Grace, uh, the number of friends a person has is slowly declining. Many report an average of three to four close friends. 12% of people said they had no close friends at all. Yeah, I think when I read the report, sad was was the um, what I felt as well. And I, I think what Grace said, you know, I completely agree with it in, in the sense of, um, and I suppose it's what our service is about, is the fact that you, you need people to talk to about what's going on in your life. And in Samaritans, we believe that talking, you know, gives you a better perspective and gets you to see things in a different way. And that that in itself helps you to build skills and helps you to cope with life better and and helps you develop. And that, so, so even talking to somebody... Um, is is a skill in itself and I suppose one of the things I was interested to hear um, Grace talk about was that if we're maybe spending a lot of time on a device and, and sometimes you can make friends to your devices as well but sometimes maybe you don't develop the skills you need to actually be able to talk to somebody else or say I need help or you know develop those um, those bonds which are so important mm-hmm. and I suppose here again I, I will plug the 116123 I think it's very interesting in that context that um, you can actually just if you if you are in that place where you don't have somebody to talk to just call 116123 and we'll talk and, and in terms of the people who contact you and obviously I'll ask in a general way rather than mm. specific examples but are some of these issues cropping up yes. are people ringing saying you know I don't have as many friends as I thought I would have I'm finding it hard to talk to people or that I'm having issues with my parents that some of these uh, trends with my parents are more into material items which I just find that's extremely sad or that the, the, the internet is just it seems to be impacting upon every aspect of life I suppose um, for our service the the most um, the biggest issue is mental health and then loneliness and then after that it is relationships it's family relationships it's the breakup of relationships so that forms a huge part of our calls um, the um, I suppose where relationships fall apart, where people don't have the people to talk to and where, yes, within families where people um, people have maybe lost sight of who their, you know, their family are and, and, and that maybe it's material things come between them or, or, or but certainly yeah, the breakdown of relationships and, and and it's very hurtful to people, you know, it really is hurtful and it's, it's, um, it's, it's very damaging. You know, you can hear it in, in people that, you know, the, that hurt and damage, you know, what it does to people. So I suppose I suppose it does make you think about the importance of maybe, um, you know, of our families and, and of, of maintaining those bonds and, you know, making the effort to reach out to people, you know, friends, family, whoever else. It's so important, this report would say. So, so I guess maybe just to finish then, how, Margaret, how do we improve upon any of this? How do we try and ensure that young people are le- less likely to have mental health setbacks, that they're more likely to get along with family members, that they, they they will find it easier to to make friends. And is it about, you know, there are great services such as yourselves at Samaritans and psychotherapists like Grace Harrison, but 
do we need just need more services or is that too simplistic a way to look at it when you're talking about something as all pervading as the internet and uh, access to, to gadgets and technology I, I couldn't even begin I mean I wish I did have the answer to something um, to that question but I suppose a fundamental belief we would have in Samaritans and you know it's a campaign that we would run is just to talk to people and I think you know, um, if we're to look at supporting any young people, it's, I suppose, really, it's to make that effort to talk. And it's not always easy to talk. Sometimes it's far easier to, to you know, to go on your phone than actually engage mm-hmm. in a conversation. So we would believe, um, as Samaritans, you know, if you see somebody you think needs somebody to talk to, just talk and to reach out and make that effort. And it is an effort, as I said, to talk, but it's so important. It, it enhances you and it enhances the person you're speaking with. And in terms of that, uh, if you do need to reach out, of course, contact uh, 116-123. We're always there to talk, you know, and to talk about the relationships that are not working. And as I said, by talking about those relationships, maybe the next time you meet the person that you're having a difficulty with, you might be in a better position to actually improve that relationship. Talking always helps. So 116-123. Okay, my thank you, uh, Margaret McMahon from Samaritans in Ennis. Thank you very much for joining us in studio. Uh,